the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD, news from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast Just go to Apple Podcast and you can uh, get it there. This is Chris Murray. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us. I hope your weekend's going well. Hope you're uh, in the the Christmas spirit and looking forward to to the possibilities of uh, 2023. We have a good program planned for you. Interesting top stories, some interesting, uh, although not so great, economic data from this past week. And then we're going to be talking about this insanity down inside the Beltway with uh, the latest bill that they're trying to jam through before um, the new Congress takes over. So instead of just uh, getting us across the finish line, finishing out 2022, and then allowing the new House, once sworn in, to create uh, a spending bill, they're trying to get this nonsense done in the dark of night, you know, two, 3,000 pages, whatever it's going to be. Well, we're going to shine a light on that. We're going to talk about it with uh, Mr. Jarrett Stepman in just a little bit, just to try to get a feel of uh, how much junk is in it. Not just the fact that they want to spend another $2 trillion after we're $31 trillion in debt and our kids, grandkids, great-grandkids were just trashing their future here in this country, but... Um, just uh, the other, the wasteful spending, the pet projects, uh, the power grabs, you name it. We're going to get into that so you know uh, exactly what's going on, uh, again, in the dead of night, right? So uh, stay tuned for that. As far as top stories this week, you know, it, I'm um, preaching to the choir because I know the folks that listen to the Your Financial Editor program are uh, smarter, than the, smarter than the average bear. But um, this data that's coming out is so hard to look at. You know, the elevated inflation rate that we've been dealing with for two years is forcing uh, our citizens here in the country uh, to spend hundreds of dollars a month extra. So what we saw this week is that the average U.S. household in the month of November spent $396 more a month to buy the same goods and services they purchased just a year ago in November 2021. That was according to Moody Analytics. So you've got wage growth that's going up some, but it's far behind inflation for uh, average workers. So their their paychecks were only able to to keep up a, a certain amount, and that meant that they were only able to afford fewer or cheaper items over this past year, November to November. And really to put salt in the wound, in an interview, Mark Zandi, this guy's the chief economist at Moody Analytics, he said that it's going to be a, quote, long road, unquote, before inflation comes down, perhaps taking 18 months or more. This Mark Zandi guy, this is the same guy who said inflation was transitory, Still saying that back in April and May. And then I think he went underground. He hid because he was such a disgrace. Just a little, you know, little uh, puppet for the administration to join Janet Yellen and Biden and the others that are saying that, or were saying 
that uh, inflation was transitory. Jerome Powell, we'll talk about him in a minute. Um, this, I'm telling you, you cannot say you care about and you fight for the working man and woman, for the poor people, for those on fixed income, for the single moms, and support these policies and speak these lies like transitory. So the headline number for the Consumer Price Index, as we spoke about last week, 7.1%. That's bogus. Don't let anybody try to direct your eyes on the headline number. 7.1%. I mean, that's bad. That's three times what the target is. That's their fault for letting it. Well, it got to nine. Now it's come down some. But guess what? Food, up 10.6%. Energy, up 13.1% over uh, year to year from November to November. Electricity, yeah, we need that, right? Be nice right now. Try to keep you warm. 13.7%. Piped gas services, 15.5%. Oh, and transportation services, 14.2%. Don't pay attention to the headline number. Don't listen to... Uh, These uh, talking idiots that say things are transitory, things are fine, uh, we're doing really good, we're making progress, we're, what do they say, we're better off than anybody else in the world? Like, that's a big deal. We're supposed to be. I mean, we have been since our existence, right? The beginning of our existence here in America. That's, That's our goal. No, well, some people, that's their goal. Obviously, others, they're driving the, you know, a tomato steak through the heart of this country. And it's just, um, it's sickening to watch. And, you know, but look, we're talking about it. We're putting the light on it. People know. They have a better understanding. Um, According to a survey by retail technology platform Swiftly, I also saw that 69% of shoppers are struggling to pay their grocery bills. With 83% relying on some kind of loyalty program or coupon to get enough food on the table. Nothing wrong with coupons. My wife, she's the queen of that. And I think that's smart for people. But, you know, again, that's a choice. That shouldn't have to be a necessity. Elevated inflation rates have also changed consumer behavior. As 74% of those survey respondents said they have altered grocery shopping habits in the past year. And you go around trying to brag like things are good. We're not stupid. American consumers are expected to fall behind on their personal loan and credit card payments next year at the highest rate we've seen in 10 years because of this inflation and this wrecked economy. That was according to uh, the Consumer Credit Reporting Agency, TransUnion. They came out with that. That's not me saying that. That's them. Credit card delinquency rates are expected to go up. Consumers that are 60 days or more past due on their accounts for loans, that's expected to go up. Americans took out a record $87.5 million new credit cards, and 22.1 million in personal loans this year, 
according to TransUnion. We're talking about serious numbers. And, of course, that's because it's such a serious topic and issue. So, you know, again, this economy is in poor shape and, unfortunately, looking down the pike doesn't look a whole lot better. I also saw this week that uh, from Redfin, which is the big uh, real estate company, they said that home sale activity in 2023 may reach the lowest point since the early 1980s. A lot of people are just going to sit on the sidelines and watch and see how the economy unfolds. Obviously, the higher interest rates aren't helping things um, because the Federal Reserve did such a poor job in addressing the issue when it was apparent uh, to pretty much everybody else other than them. Um, We've talked about that at length. You know, pick your poison. Was it just, um, you know, was it just dereliction of duty? Was it because Powell wanted to get reappointed for another term by Biden? What was it? That's something that, you know, I hopefully we'll be able to talk about down the road historically as to what really did happen there. Um, Then you look at uh, productivity. That's extremely important, right? So productivity, just so uh, you know, if uh, or as a reminder, is how much work an American worker can get done in an hour. So obviously you want productivity to increase. Sometimes it increases because of technology and investments that companies make in technology. Sometimes it's obviously just um, on the shoulders of the American worker, but it's very, very important for our economy and for our country. And what we saw this week or what we learned was American workers aren't getting nearly as much done this year as they used to. The U.S. labor productivity number plunged in the first quarter in the largest decline since 1947. Then it dropped by the highest annual amount on record in the second quarter, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And now we saw the third quarter information came out. That data came out, and it indicates year over year we saw three consecutive declines in productivity for the first time since 1982. Nothing to be proud about there. So what we're seeing, according to uh, some of the folks that follow this very closely, is that the workforce is stretched very thin because it's a tight labor market because a lot of people uh, are too lazy to work. And also people that do work and work very, very hard and are very proud of what they do, some of those folks are getting burned out. Um, We saw the virus, once it made its way here from China, caused many older, seasoned workers to retire early, actually. And those spots that they left vacant, these terrific baby boomers who have been phenomenal, you know, for our country and our economy, those spots that they left vacant are being filled by less experienced workers, right? So there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of talent and a lot of um, experience there in general, and uh, people are trying to come in to fill those boots, and they're just not ready to do that. 
But overall, that's not good when you talk about productivity falling three consecutive quarters. Like I said, you have to go back to 1982 to see that. The other thing I saw this week, optimism among chief financial officers, CFOs, about their own companies dropped for a third consecutive quarter. So you had uh, the big consulting firm Deloitte in their latest quarterly CFO signals survey um, found that CFO net optimism in connection to their company's prospects came in at a reading of minus 21 for this quarter. So these are not the kind of things. These are the, the, the CFOs, obviously. They've got their finger on that pulse financially as far as what's going on with these companies. And, you know, during the latest quarter, 41% of those CFOs surveyed also suggested that they were more pessimistic about their company's prospects than they were just a few months ago. Um, That means they're going to be extremely cautious going into 2023 when it comes to capital expenditure, any type of risk, right? They're They're going to have to manage that as best they can. And for them to be so pessimistic, I think, raises uh, definitely a yellow flag. So um, they're worried about um, external risk to their company. They're worried about inflation. They're obviously worried about policies and regulations because we know that uh, the bigger government gets, the more regulations, the more uh, oversight, the more uh, baloney that comes with all that, which, again, we're going to be speaking about this bill uh, in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that. But, you know, big, bigger government, big government, however you want to look at it, is bad. They get in the way. They need to take care of basic necessities and then just move. Get out of the way. That's what they need to do. But instead, they do just the opposite. Um, talked about the Federal Reserve um, you know, about Powell a couple minutes ago. So there's speculation that's continuing to swirl in this area over the current Treasury Secretary, who, again, is an epic failure, Janet Yellen, just a career bureaucrat. Um, She was at the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, and then um, she became chairman of the Federal Reserve by Obama appointing her, and then... um, Obviously, she lost her job to Jerome Powell. Uh, she goes out, makes millions and millions of dollars on the speaker circuit. Then she gets recirculated uh, back into this administration as a treasury secretary. But people are very, very um, dismayed by her performance, especially as treasury secretary. And, you know, she's one of these uh, social justice warriors that um, wants to, instead of focusing on the job as the secretary of the treasury or as a chairman of the Federal Reserve or as a president of Federal Reserve Bank or whatever, you know, they want to bring in their uh, personal politics with all the buzzwords to try to make themselves, you know, feel good and sound good and and, and fit in and get invited to all the right parties, right? That's what basically her problem has always been. Well, people aren't happy, and supposedly the White House has a um, short list, uh, a short list that they've put together for people to replace her, 
And one of those uh, names was just added this week. It's Bank of America Chief Executive Officer Brian Moynihan. So um, this is something that, again, is going to be watched very closely. It's all political. It's all who you know, who you're going to help out, um, what favors you've done in the past, um, you know, how much, um, you know, you're down there sucking people's kneecaps saying, oh, come on, please help me, and, you know, and, and begging because you want to get that, uh, even though you're wealthy, you want to get that power. So you go from being a CEO of a Bank of America type bank, which um, is headed down the wrong path, I think. You're much better to stick with your local community banks, with your uh, credit unions, where um, you can uh, get to know people there. I know it's disheartening. It's happened to all of us. You have that in place, and then they're bought out by one of the big, big, big banks, and all of that stuff kind of goes by the wayside. But, you know, I still am a firm believer in small uh, local community banks um, and the the credit unions that uh, these people, you can tell, they come to work every day. uh, They love what they do. They're very, very good at it. They know and understand the community. um, But I digress. Anyway, uh, Brian Moynihan, you know, we'll see if he's the guy that gets picked or some other uh, political uh, or business hack that gets the job. I mean, when you look at this current list of cabinet members and appointees, you see whether it's the border department of transportation, that's just insane on its own merit. What we saw this week with, uh, Buttigieg, um, no matter what, you know, they're just, they're, they, they're terrible. They're terrible at their job. Unless, you want to give them credit for what they think their real job is, and that's to hurt the country and to, uh, to, to, you know, to weaken the country from the inside out. If you want to look at it that way, boy, they're really making some progress. Um, so I'm going to take a, a quick break. When we come back, I mentioned we've got some, uh, some economic data. Uh, we got that news from the Federal Reserve this week. So, you know, we'll be talking about that, too. And then we're going to be talking about this spending bill. that They're trying to ram down our, our throats in the dark of the night. Stay tuned. Come on. Frederick and surrounding counties are listening to 930. Well, I work on a computer, so I listen to it all day. WFMD. It's been a long, bumpy ride sitting back. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts and you can grab it there. Going to get through the economic data pretty quickly because I want to save as much time as possible for um, our conversation with um, my guest coming up about this ridiculous uh, spending bill that they're trying to jam through. Uh, What we did see this week, the CPI number. Consumer price index came in in November at 7.1% on an annual basis. Four of the six major grocery store food group indexes increased over the month. So, again, the um, gasoline, by the way, was up 10.1% over the year. 
Um, and then you look at other things were up uh, substantially. So these people going around, like I said, beat your chest all you want. You're an embarrassment if you're bragging about 7.1% inflation. We need gasoline. We need food. We need electricity. And all of those are 10% higher year over year. So you're really just hopefully doing that in the mirror to try to make yourself feel better because anybody in the know, even partially in the know, doesn't buy what you're saying. That spin. Also, we saw Americans cut back sharply on retail spending last month. So when you look at the retail sales report, it was down six-tenths of a percent from where it was in October. That's not good. Because where are we? We're in the Christmas shopping season. For retailers, this is make or break for a lot of them. And you see this inflation and these crazy policies, people are pulling back. That was according, as I said, to the retail sales number. Then, of course, we got the NFIB report, National Federation of Independent Business. No surprise there. Uh, Another terrible reading. November's reading was the 11th consecutive month below just the 49-year average. Just to try to get average, not even really, really good and record numbers like we saw before this uh, administration. And then, of course, we saw that the November U.S. budget deficit jumped $57 billion or 30 percent from a year earlier. That's a record for the month of November. Why? Revenues fell. And then, of course, you don't have the money coming in. So what did they, they decide to do? Education. Healthcare virus and interest on public debt was all up sharply. So to all of those, you know, so look, the outlays were driven by a $14 billion increase in Medicare costs, $11 billion, 94% increase in education costs. We all know to laugh at that now. And um, some of that is due to changes in the student loan program and the the loan forgiveness nonsense that's going on, the Treasury said. So to all you respectable people who pay your student loans or those who bypass college and, and started working right away, just suck it up and pay for the whiny, whiny deadbeats. Might be living right next door to you, right? It's such a shame. And then we saw the Fed raise interest rates uh, on Wednesday by half of a percent. Um, that's better than the three-quarters of a percent that some people thought may be coming. But they also uh, turned the knife and said uh, in their lack of wisdom, (laughs) because they shouldn't have to be saying this, that they're going to have to uh, continue into the new year because they're so far behind. Totally embarrassing. When we come back, we're going to be talking uh, with my guest, Mr. Jared Stepman, about um, this bill and more spending. More spending. Stay tuned. It's Friday after five. I got here just in time. Went ahead and with a line before I went and lost my mind. And I ain't been here long, but the bobbers. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome 
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast and you can grab it there. Um, thanks for being with us. Hope your weekend's going well. And uh, really looking forward to our discussion because it's so important, even though a lot of people aren't talking about it. And to tell you the truth, a lot of people don't even know about it. And that's uh, what's being done inside the Beltway in this insanity of um, politicians on both sides trying to push through um, a, a, a bill that would uh, – a spending bill that would fund the next year as opposed to just getting us out of 2022 – those folks that were just elected, uh, getting them sworn in and then uh, letting them stand by their campaign promises, many of them, uh, was about reigning and spending. So joining me this morning, my guest, Mr. Jarrett Stepman. He's a columnist at The Daily Signal, and um, really glad to have him here on the program. Good morning, Jared. How are you? Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time. So, um, so you know, you wrote a piece in the Daily Signal this week that caught my attention, what Democrats are trying to pass before their House majority ends. So as, as I had alluded to a moment ago, a lot of people don't know that this is going on. It's not getting much coverage. Uh, some of the coverage, much of it is spin. Um, so just give our listeners an overview of what is actually happening right now. Yeah, I think that the the really big one, and this is something that could happen in a matter of days, is this massive omnibus spending bill. This was something that was actually passed by the House earlier in the year that, uh, I mean, this is a $1.5 trillion bill. This is an enormous spending bill. This is not just like your your normal appropriations. Uh, Democrats, especially in the Senate, are trying to push through a, a last second just before the change of Congress uh, push to get this this thing passed, and um, I think what's I think what's important about this is first of all how unusual it is to pass such a large spending bill uh, during a lame duck session. That's the, the the session between an election and the new Congress being sworn in. Uh, this is something that's that's really uh, unprecedented, when, especially when you have a, a change in the, the partisan hands of Congress, which we will have in the House in this upcoming session. This really hasn't happened in, you could say, you know, 70 years uh, plus. And so this is something that I think is a huge uh, a betrayal, I think, in some cases of the voters who did vote, I think, in part to check the spending of the, of the current majority. Uh, and certainly the Republicans now, who many of whom now say that they are willing to jump in and support this legislation. Uh, Senate Minor uh, Minority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell has said that he is looking to strike a deal with Democrats at this time and bring over uh, the uh, 10 Republicans needed to pass this, which I think is very much a betrayal to voters. Well, I agree 110 percent. It is betrayal. They're selling their souls. Um, there's no other way to look at it, in my opinion, than that. It's uh, greed. It's power. Um, it's petty politics because of uh, a lot of the, the senators and uh, those uh, in the House that are on their way out and they're mad like the Liz Cheney of the world, and, and, you know, then you've got Shelby on the Senate side. Who knows what kind of deal he's uh, cutting and backing this because he's on his way out. So, I mean, you know, I know this is your, your area of expertise. You cover these types of important things. But what – so I hear it's going to be two or 3,000 pages. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I hear the, 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 the strategy is, as we always see, unfortunately, is to drop the bill a few hours before uh, people have to vote on it. 
and then that way they don't know what's in it. So do you have any specifics as far as uh, what some of the the spending uh, covers or entails that probably is uh, not appropriate? Yeah, I mean, this is something, unfortunately, a lot of it is being done behind closed doors. We don't really know the framework of the deal. We probably won't know this until – uh, the day that this drops, and I'm hearing very much this could be right before Christmas on, on the 23rd that it's likely that this deal may drop, which, of course, gives people no time whatsoever uh, to understand what's in this. If it's anything like the the, the legislation uh, from earlier this year, I mean, it has all kinds of things. First of all, it's going to continue a lot of the uh, emergency COVID appropriations that at this point I think uh, are very much out of date. It's going to continue to fund uh, Planned Parenthood, which uh, many are very much opposed to, and a lot of these spending initiatives that were uh, uh, really initiatives of, of the Democrat Party very strongly, that there would be a better nego- negotiation leverage under the new Congress where Republicans actually will have control of the House and will be better be able to control the level of spending. Uh, I think that's the real problem here is that whatever's in this deal, and a lot of it is, is currently uncertain until it's actually released, the thousands of pages. Uh, a lot of the spending would likely change quite a bit under the new Congress just because of the leverage then uh, that, that, that Republicans would have in this. And I think that that is what is so uh, infuriating about this, this, this last second uh, you know, midnight push uh, to get this through is it, is it doesn't have to be this way. I mean, if, if Republicans essentially were in lockstep against it, this, this deal would have no chance of getting through. They could simply uh, have a continuing resolution to get the government funded uh, until the new year. And that's why it's so infuriating is that you know, the American people are really being kept in the dark about a lot of this. They're going to be foisted. This is going to be foisted on them at the last second. Uh, with no other discussion, and the new Congress will essentially be hamstrung. It won't have the ability uh, to make those decisions about our spending priorities in the new year. It's essentially kneecapping uh, the new Congress. Well, you know, this is something that's going to, and I, I agree with your word, you know, to infuriate people, because anybody that's watching this, especially those that worked hard um, and were dedicated to getting fiscal and moral-type conservative candidates elected just to see that fall by the wayside, um, they're, one of two things are going to happen. They're going to get even more energized, and they're going to remember the people in their party that voted for the infrastructure bill, the, reduction, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, just most recently the Disrespect Marriage Act, they need to remember these people so that they don't have a chance to get reelected. They need to pay for poking these voters in the eye. I, I, I agree completely. It's, it's honestly, it's an insult uh, to the people who I think worked uh, very hard for them and, and supported them. I think it's, it's shameful, especially when you consider the level of inflation that we have in this country, slapping down this, this kind of levels of, of Spending already adding to that that problem. The, the average American family has lost uh, about seven thousand dollars over the last year because of inflation. You know these things are unacceptable. This is what American people are very much concerned about. And to try to to push this through uh, at the last second, kind of in in the cover of dark, I think, which is again how unfortunately many things now work on Capitol Hill. Uh, I think is shameful, and I think that the voters will certainly remember. Now, of course, there are some. 
uh, there's some members of Congress who won't be in uh, the next Congress, but but people should know that this is this is how uh, some of your leaders think of you. They think of you know how they essentially they're insulting their own voters and their own supporters, and I think that that. Uh, that does need to be remembered going forward, uh, especially what seems like after they are going to pass uh, this this terrible piece of legislation. Yeah, totally. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Mr. Jarrett Stepman. He's a uh, columnist at The Daily Signal. He also wrote a book. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll talk about that as well. And like I've said, we and Jarrett did too, we don't know what's in the bill yet. Nobody does except a select few doing their evil deeds behind closed doors, right? Sheltering not only from just you, but from their colleagues who need to understand and know what's in it uh, before they vote. But we're going to try to – we'll do a little speculating. I know in the column uh, Jarrett wrote titled What Democrats Are Trying to Pass Before Their House Majority Ends, which, by the way, you can go and get that. Uh, that's free, the, the, um, the, the article uh, at The Daily Signal. Um, but it's got not just this, you know, in general wasteful spending, but what about the Electoral Count Act? What about amnesty for the illegal immigrants? Things of that nature. So we're going to get a, a handle on all that as best we can when we come back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts and you can uh, grab it there. Re-listen to today's uh, conversation or get one from the past. A lot of good ones, man. We're really uh, blessed to have a lot of uh, very um, informative and and sharing type of individuals that come on and, and tell us about what's really going on. Um, and, and breaking it down for us. So, uh, like I said, you can get the uh, you can go to the audio vault at the website, or you can uh, get the podcast. Uh, wrapping up our conversation this morning with our guest, Mr. Jarrett Stepman. He's a columnist at the Daily Signal, and then also, uh, Jarrett, you wrote a book. Tell us a little bit about that in case people are interested and want to get it. Absolutely, my book is called "The War on History: The, the Conspiracy to Rewrite America's Past." It's about uh, the real attacks that are happening on American history across the board. And I basically break down uh, and defend, essentially, the, the elements of American history that are currently under siege from uh, Christopher Columbus to the Founding Fathers to, to many more and explain why we should continue to defend those things. Where a few years ago we saw mobs in the streets tearing down statues, we now see institutions uh, rebuking and, and dismissing and getting rid of uh, figure, great figures of our past. Uh, I write a defense of that, defending uh, who we are, essentially, as a country. And I think that's many great things. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 110 percent on that as well. And, and thank you for doing that work and for putting it out there. Where's the best place to get the book? Uh, the best place is you can find it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, basically any major real retailer. You can also get it directly from my publisher's website, uh, Regnery, which is Regnery.com. 
Okay, excellent. So, uh, talking right before the break, you know, we're looking at this uh, from a 30,000-foot level, looking down on this uh, insane one-and-a-half-plus trillion-dollar spending bill. Um, You made a nice point that we had talked about earlier in the program today about uh, all of the problems with inflation. This is just going to make things worse. Um, So, you know, it's not just about money, though. It's about power or abuse of power, I should say. How about the Electoral Count Act? Uh, Tell us about how that's involved. Yeah, there's some discussion to essentially roll the Electoral Count Act, and this would change essentially election rules in this country. I think they're uh, Democrats and some Republicans who think that the process essentially of counting electoral college votes uh, is open to manipulation, and they're going to try to change this through, which is essentially this massive omnibus bill. And I think what the goal is essentially to perhaps roll in some Republican votes to essentially get them uh, to vote for the entire spending package. I, to me, seeing something like this being rolled into essentially spending uh, to try to get the spending through, I think, again, it's kind of how Congress operates. They, they throw these things together so that they can get what they really want uh, what they really want passed. And I, I think that that is, again, it's an insulting part of this. It's not just the Electoral College Act. They, they, they also want to lump in uh, a massive amount of uh, spending on Ukraine as well, which, again, is, has been very uh, opaque in what it's actually going toward. And, again, this is, this is really just a, a grab bag of things that have been priorities. And I would say that even on top of the Electoral Count Act, we're also seeing a potential for a real change to our to our voting laws as well. It's been suggested by Democrats uh, that they should lump into the omnibus the, the John R. Lewis uh, Voting Act, which would drastically change voting laws in this country and effectively give a federal veto uh, over state laws uh, that I think is very much uh, a violation of, of the federalist principles uh, of this country. And I think that Again, you're going to see a lot of these things come down in that final piece of legislation. We don't quite know whether that's that's in the uh, uh, inevitable framework of this deal, but I think those are the things that certainly have been discussed, and I think we could see uh, in the days ahead. Well, yeah, and again, look, that's probably part of their strategy. I mentioned that we were speculating. Don't want anybody to, that's listening to think that we know exactly what's going on because, like I said, nobody does except a selected few uh, hidden undercover, but – the other thing is you've got the electoral count that you mentioned. Um, you've got, you know, also in your article about amnesty, um, the um, Weapons Act uh, ban that they're talking about. The, the Ukraine thing just boggles your mind because we can't account for where dollars go here in the United States. There's no way once it gets out of our border that we have any type of control over all of our taxpayer money going in that direction. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that it's just simple prudence, I think, would suggest uh, that, that Americans would be cautious about where we're spending our money abroad. I mean, I think that's, that's, that should be something that, that really, uh, you know, that, that serious statesmen and legislators uh, should be concerned about, especially when you consider the, the financial difficulties that the United States is having right now. I mean, we've hardly saved for a rainy day in this country. The federal government has hardly saved uh, for this time. We are under an enormous amount of pressure in which we've seen, I mean, at this point, uh, so many staggering uh, spending bills that I think even a decade ago would have been seen as 
uh, quite extreme. We've seen so many in the last few years uh, that have added significantly to this country's debt, have added significantly uh, to inflation, that it's hurting every American at this point and will only get worse uh, when we're slapping billions and, and really trillions of dollars on top of that debt. And to boot, uh, mentioning uh, amnesty, how insulting it is when we have an absolute mess now at the border, complete chaos uh, that's really escalating. Even the, the suggestion that, we're, that now is the time to pass some kind of amnesty is, again, quite insulting to the American people. Yeah, and this gets back to the recent election because a lot of the uh, fiscal and morally conservative candidates that were elected to the House, um, that was their platform, securing the border because it's national security. And then most people realize if you don't have national security, you can't have economic security. So, you know, they are saying we're going to do what's necessary uh, that we have control of when it comes to the border. Then the other thing was we're going to control the purse strings because the spending is way out of hand. We see that it's created inflation. We see that it's pet projects. We see that it's misuse when it comes to uh, the guise of climate or the guise of uh, ESG. Um, and, and they were elected for that. And now, like you said, they're going to be hamstring their full first year when it comes to these spending issues. Yeah, and that's that's really uh, what's incredible about this. And again, I you know, when you think about the Republicans now that are considering signing on to this, I mean, they're, you're, they're basically saying that they trust more in their initiatives to essentially work more with a Democrat majorities than they are with the, the, the change in hands in the House. I mean, what, is that, what does that even say, that they're willing to do that? I think that says a lot. And uh, I, I think that that's, that's a big part of this issue is simply that, you know, these the spending priorities that we do have, and I do think that, you know, the border needs to be absolutely a priority in the new year. I think what we're seeing happening uh, on the southern border right now, I mean, there was already a catastrophe. DHS is predicting that we could see up to 14,000 uh, illegal immigrants every day coming to the border. You know, these are the issues that need to be prioritized uh, for the safety of the American people. They're not going to be uh, under this current plan. They could be in the future. And I think that's the real problem. And I think that uh, what we're seeing right now uh, is inexcusable. Unfortunately, you know, with a few days left here, it looks like they are working on some kind of framework that will eventually get over the hump if, if they can. So I think it's important that people put pressure on those still there uh, to say, no, we don't want this massive omnibus bill. We want to leave this to the new legislature. It's critical that they do. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, you know, so when we talk about the border, I had uh, Laura Reese on. She was uh, originally, or prior, I should say, at the Department of Homeland Security. And we talked about all the problems with the border. And it came down to the end, and I'm going to do this with you in a moment. I'd like to simplify it. So when it came to the border, I'm like, why would anybody allow people to be trafficked, uh, to be raped, uh, some people to die in the trek uh, to the southern border. Why would any of us here in America allow that to happen? And of course, the answer to that is it has to be power because of you want more votes. There's no other reason for that to happen, to allow that to happen to people. So I'll ask you, why would McConnell and Romney and Murkowski and Senator Collins and all these others, why would they vote 
for this omnibus bill that we've been talking about that is, again, it's not in stone yet, but it could be very similar? I think, frankly, I think it's because their priorities are very much out of step with the American people. They're certainly out of step with their own voters. And at this point, especially when you see what's happening on the border, they just seem seem to simply not care uh, what's happening there. They're willing to let that go into the hands uh, of Democrats who have made such a mess of things there. I mean, it's really a catastrophe. It's both a, a shame and an insult to, I think, the rule of law in this country, which has been undermined uh, catastrophically. Uh, and it's also a humanitarian disaster of their creation, too. What they're creating there uh, is, is practically inhuman. When you talk about the drugs that are now flowing over our borders, the illicit drugs that are killing many Americans, uh, that's really shameful stuff. And I think we do have it within our power to stop these things. In fact, we did stop many of these things under the previous administration. So the idea that this is, these are just uh, problems that are intractable, that we can't stop and we can't solve them, I think it's just a lie. It's just not true. I think we have that in our power. I think they're, unfortunately there, there are some in Congress who are still there. Hopefully some will not still be there uh, very soon who, who simply don't care. That's not a priority, priority of theirs, uh, and they're willing to let this happen. I think, again, you know, how many times it's said, it's, I think it's shameful. Yeah, it is. They're selling their souls, and, again, they're not listening to the people that put them in office. So hopefully folks will remember so when their time comes around again, uh, a nice uh, fight can be made against them so that they can get replaced. Our guest this, uh, today has been Mr. Jared Stepman. He's a columnist at the Daily Signal. And one more time, uh, the name of your book and where to get it, Jared. Yeah, my name, the name of my book is The War on History, The Conspiracy to Rewrite America's Past. You can find it at Amazon.com and directly uh, from my uh, uh, website, which is uh, regnery.com. Excellent. All right, Jared, thanks so much for taking time uh, to join us. I appreciate uh, your time and uh, all the really good information. Thank you very much. Okay, great. Have the uh, good rest of your weekend. That does it for us. We're up against a hard break, and um, we'll uh, continue to stay on this issue. It's sickening, isn't it? So just stay informed and, and you know, uh, keep an eye on this kind of stuff and have the memory Uh, that's necessary to put these people where they need to be, meaning the ones that vote for this kind of thing, and where they need to be is out of office. Let them go be a lobbyist or get their payoffs that they're selling their soul for now, but just don't allow them to do uh, any more damage to us and to our children and grandchildren because um, I I think most of us are, are, you know, just totally sick of it. All right. uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express with Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. That's uh, weekdays at 7, excuse me, uh, 550, 650, 7.50. Those are um, live calls where we do the update. And then uh, be back here next Saturday for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. Got a touch of the town where I grew up Something many damn California girls love Some people like to make a little fun of The way I talk Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com A service of Holtzapple Heating and Air Conditioning News Radio 930 